Welcome to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. We're really glad you're here. Whoever you are, wherever you're at, join us on the journey. I don't know if you heard uh, last week there was uh, CBC, the current Matt Galloway. I happen to be a CBC fan because I think it connects us countrywide and worldwide. But on the current, he was interviewing a professor named Professor Jeremy Noble, who wrote a book called Project Unlonely, Healing the Crisis of Our Disconnection. And in this interview, he's talking about how he did a study at Harvard, where they do all the studies apparently, about loneliness. And one of the things that came out of this conversation on the radio was this, that loneliness is is a major public health concern. It's the largest determinant of health for which there is no treatment. Just hear that again. It's the loneliness is the major public health concern where there's the largest determinant of health for which there is no treatment for. Loneliness is part of all of our lives, whether we know it or not. And in this talk, on this podcast, they talked about how loneliness equals the ability to have 15 cigarettes a day. Loneliness equals 15 cigarettes a day. And what that means is that it is a challenge to your heart, to, to stroke, and diabetes. And this loneliness, therefore, leads to mental health concerns of addiction, depression, and suicide. And it is a crisis globally and worldwide. Loneliness is a part of all of our lives, and rarely is it talked about. And so he says in this podcast that when we go to the doctor, and I know there's some doctors in our midst, and I'll put this challenge out to them. When they meet their patients, they take their heart rate, their blood pressure, and then they say, how are you doing with loneliness? And there's something about bringing loneliness into the foray to saying that it's part of all of our experience could, could actually lead to better health. In the podcast, he says there's three kinds of um, loneliness three main. Psychological loneliness. Psychological loneliness is do you have someone in your life, a friend or someone that has your back? Someone that you can be real with, be truly yourself, tell your deepest secrets and know they will still know you and accept you. And it has to be reciprocal. It's not a one-way conversation. It is a realness of seeing and hearing the other. Do you know that the word of the year for 2023 is the word authentic? We are starved for authenticity in a world of fakeness. And psychological loneliness is part of that. The second kind is what's called societal loneliness. That's where systemic barriers separate people and groups and we other them, perhaps by race or gender. It's where we say, you can fit in here, but if you fit in here, you have to change. Where the word belong says you belong just as you are who you are. But we live in a world, you watch yourself this week, how we other people and we label others. And this societal loneliness creates the kind of conflict that we are seeing in our world right now through othering. The third thing this podcast says is that we live in a time of existential loneliness where people are wondering what is the meaning and purpose of life. And we need places to explore this meaning to consider and convene deeper, real conversations about life purpose. And when you think of loneliness, you're imagining a senior in a senior's home by themselves. But the reality of this podcast and this study, the age that is the most alone right now is people 18 to 24. 
18 to 24 was the loneliness in this group. And they did talk about the impact of social media. Yes, social media is a great gift and it connects, but it can also add to people's loneliness and deepen their sense of isolation. The best line in the podcast was this, no matter how many Instagram followers you have, the question is, who's gonna feed you lunch tomorrow when you're sick? And so when you think about loneliness and the call to talk about it, I have a friend I've told you before who had an affair once and he goes to parties sometimes and just as a way of welcoming people into the room, he sometimes introduces himself, says, hi, my name's John, I had an affair. He doesn't do it to startle or push people away, but to wonder whether people will step into a real conversation and say, me too. Or they might say, tell me about that. And I wonder in our Christmas parties whether someone says, how are you, whether you will be willing to say, actually, I'm a little bit lonely. Will they listen and look you in the eye or move on to the next person? A few years ago, I was at a workshop in California learning about the Enneagram. And I remember as we were talking about the Enneagram, this woman put up her hand when we were talking about loneliness. She said, I remember driving my car to the Grand Canyon and getting out of the car and going to the edge to look at the vastness of the Grand Canyon to see if the hole that is the Grand Canyon was bigger than the hole that is inside me. That's loneliness. She wanted to know which was deeper. Clergy, you know, and leaders often experience loneliness. Andrea and I were at a workshop last October about clergy loneliness. And you wonder, how could that possibly be? But we other clergy, we put them on a pedestal. We put them in a place that separates. If we meet them at a party, we quick, they quickly tell us about their uncle who goes to church. If they swear, they immediately go back and repeat, I didn't really mean what I say. Sometimes when I'm playing golf, I simply say, when they ask, what do you do for a living? I say, I'm in sales. <laughs> but often clergy experience, experience loneliness because people don't really want you to be real or allow you to be real. And that realness is part of, and maybe your life too, where people don't want you to be real. Certainly during COVID, we were all free to talk about our loneliness and it equalized us in many ways. It was okay to say I'm actually lonely. And there was a gift in that ability. My loneliest moment in my life was not by myself. I was with 800 other people. I remember being at the center of action and contemplation on my own with Richard Rohr's gathering of 800 people, being in a huge ballroom. 800 people and you'd think I'd feel so great, but I've never felt more alone. And that's what it's like sometimes to walk the malls at Christmas and you see the loneliness everywhere we go. But the little rant that I have to say right now is this, and this is a commercial. If you wear earbuds and you go for a walk, when you see someone coming and you're listening, even if you're not really gonna listen, when you look them in the eye and say hi, there's nothing drives me crazier than going for a walk and walking down the street and the person's two feet from me sees me, I say hi, and I hear nothing. I know what you're listening to is really good. Fake it for me and say hi. But we are living in a time where we are in our own worlds and in such a world, we are completely disconnected from each other. And so when I was putting together this sermon and thinking about Richard, how is it possible that loneliness could possibly be a gift? There's a great quote here by James Hollis who says this, while friends, partners, and associations with others can be supportive, challenging, and dialectically developmental, it is also true that we grow most when we're on our own. 
when we have to figure out a path, when we have to find out the courage to live it. The only cure for loneliness is solitude. The only cure is solitude. When we achieve solitude, we are not alone when we are alone. We are present to ourselves and we have an, an earnest dialogue transpiring with the other who is also in us. That's what poetry does to us. The antidote to loneliness is letting go of the fantasy that the attachment to the other is necessary for our survival. The antidote is to know that there is no antidote to be found. Ultimately, that it is okay. After all, most relationships fail because we ask too much of them. Is it not possible that more might survive if we ask less of them and more of ourselves? Hollis is inviting us to solitude, which is different than being alone or loneliness. Solitude invites us to delve into that place where that poem will burst from our soul. One of the great gifts of COVID was a psychiatrist in my life. We've been in dialogue for three years, and I want to show you this picture, if I can just show you this. We meet every two weeks, and we talk, and it's the best conversation I have. He was telling me the other day about how our lives have our projected self. So you have a projected self, who you are in the world, what you share with the world is what you project in the world. And you also have a true self, which is part of who you truly are. And he said in this conversation with me is this, those who have a greater distance between their true self and their projected self, the bigger distance that is, the more mental health issues we have. In other words, the more we are true and honest and real and say, I am lonely, I have made a mistake, I am struggling, the more we are true, the better our mental health. And this was so helpful to me as I work through my own loneliness, which I have all the time. And my loneliness, I'm ready to take that down. My loneliness, I can trace back to being a child, four years old, back in the day when you were a kid, you went to a hospital. I can still remember being there for two weeks and every night my mom or dad going home, my brother tells me I scream, don't leave me, don't leave me, don't leave me. I don't remember it in my head, I remember it in my body. And loneliness stays in our body and it appears throughout our life at different times. And so when I was telling my psychiatrist this, he said, I've got a practice for you. And this practice is welcoming and inviting your loneliness. To say, as I wake up in the night, there you are. Oh, loneliness. Come join me. And you welcome the loneliness into your life and you recognize it. And you allow it. You investigate it. And you allow it to be your very best friend, Rain. Your very best friend. And so when we welcome that into our being and we say, you are a gift to me, it becomes our greatest friend and we begin to cuddle and explore how this friend has come into our life. The Bible is filled with many people who experience loneliness at many times. Jesus, we are told, went to a lonely place, probably to get away from the crowds to restore himself. Mary, with the news that she was to be pregnant and an unwed mother, certainly felt lonely in a culture that could stone her. Joseph, wondering what the heck's going on as they have to be refugees and flee to Egypt after Christmas. The loneliness is part of all of the biblical characters, just like it is for us. You see, loneliness is part of our life 
and truly can be our greatest friend. And it comes and its antidote is two things. One is solitude, welcoming it. Come on in, sit with me for a while. And the other is connection. And this is where church fits in. Three quick stories. Last week, we had a staff meeting after church. And the 20 of us sitting around, and at the end of the meeting, I said to them, tell me one thing you appreciate about this church. And one young person said, I gotta tell you, I'm in my 20s. Several months ago, I can't believe I didn't have a job. I could barely get out of bed. I didn't know if I wanted to live. I got a volunteer job here in this place and I met other people. I have a team I work with now and my life has totally been transformed because I have connection. And connection is the antidote to loneliness. At that very same meeting, another person said to me, I worked with you and Anne during COVID, and I know how terrible it was to be in this church and be behind a camera and have the two of you do your talk. He said, when church came back and there were people in the room, and John, you asked people to talk to each other just for a moment in a question. He said, I couldn't believe people actually talked to each other. In fact, you had to go like this to stop them from connecting for a few moments. So don't underestimate the value of a very brief conversation at church because during COVID, we had our family and friends, but we also missed the coffee shop and the yoga group and the in-person book group and the opportunity at church just to see someone for a brief moment and perhaps share a bit of your life that connects you. And so if this church and good religion is about anything, we must find deeper ways to be in connection with each other. Good religion builds connection to your truest self and to the creator. And good religion says to you in word and song and silence and sermon, you're loved, you're forgiven, and you are set free. Bottom line, you are not alone. I want to close with a poem. Daniel Laniski, my eyes so soft. Do not surrender your loneliness so quickly. Let it cut more deep. Let it ferment and season you as few human or even divine ingredients can. Something's missing in my heart tonight has made my eyes so soft, my voice so tender, my need of God absolutely clear. Loneliness is a gift. Loneliness is a gift to solitude and a gift to connection. And it's the gift that we need in this season as we journey waiting for the Christmas day. Embrace your loneliness. Share your loneliness. And in doing so, may the divine hold you both. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are thinking about someone who might enjoy it too, we invite you to send it their way and help the podcast grow. We're really glad you're here and we'd love to know what you thought about today's sermon. Leave us a review in iTunes or send us an email at communications at hillhurstunited.com. We'd love to hear from you.